Hey friends, my new book, Negotiation Made Simple, comes out October 31st. If you pre-order the book, I want you to have four special bonuses. The first is the negotiation preparation checklist. The second is access to an interview with Ryan Hoff, the host of the Learning Leader podcast. Third is a group coaching experience where I will be taking questions and helping people deal with their actual negotiations. And fourth is a live webinar where I will teach people how to use the negotiation preparation tool. All of these things are worth like 10 times the cost of the book. Don't miss this deal. All you have to do is to go purchase the book wherever you buy books and then go to lowrygroup.net forward slash book. And there you can give us information about your order and we will get these bonuses to you. Be sure to go out and pre-order Negotiation Made Simple. Welcome to Negotiation Made Simple. I'm your host, John Lowry. On today's episode, I want to talk about non-negotiables. Now, this word has been popularized through kind of the self-help world. And there's been lots of talk about our non-negotiables personally that will drive us to become a better version of ourselves. Those have to do with what we eat. They have to do with the boundaries that we set. They have to do with relationships. They have to do with a wide variety of things. But today I want to talk about non-negotiables in a totally different setting in the world of negotiation. Now in negotiation, non-negotiables, these are moments where people are just unwilling to give. They take a position and they stick to that position. And it requires a certain level of power to come to their side. And so, for example, as a consumer, we run into this all the time, right? And COVID brought this on, where we had disruptions in the supply chain. And as a result, the good old-fashioned law of supply and demand suggested that demand stayed the same, but supply went down. And so the value of the products went up. That's why we've experienced so much inflation. But in the context of that, what happened from a negotiation standpoint is that people didn't have to negotiate anymore. Because supply was so limited, they could typically just name their price. And as a result of that, they pushed the limits on that as you would expect. And so they named their price and it went higher and higher and higher and people continued to consume and demand was there. And so as a result, you were left with some inflationary forces, but you were also left with a situation to where Now, products and goods and cars and trucks and houses and all sorts of different things, the price went up dramatically. And now we're at a place to where you're starting to see that come back down. As demand softens a little bit, as the supply chain opens up again, as inventory begins to rise, now all of a sudden things are becoming back to normal. But I want to talk to you about the dynamic that happened because it's really important to understand it from a negotiation perspective because all of this is not just purely economics. Some of this has to do with negotiation as well. And so what happens in terms of this idea of non-negotiables? 
or taking a position and sticking to it. There's some things that happen. There's some good things that happen. But good things are that if the situation is right, you can kind of name your deal. And as a result of that, you can get people to come to the number or to the deal that you want. And so it can be very, very effective in terms of not having to discount. And there are moments where it's useful to where if you just say, listen, this is it. This is the best I can do. That's the moment where people feel like they have gotten the best deal they will get. And as a result of that, they will say yes, and you will have a deal. And so non-negotiables work. There's no doubt about it. They work. But there is a downside to non-negotiables. And the downside to non-negotiables is they don't make people feel very good about the deal. And so what that means is, is that people aren't likely to come back for another deal, or they're not likely to come back and buy another car from that dealership, or come back and hire your firm as a consultant, or come back to you as a doctor, whatever the case might be. It just is such a thing to where they don't want any more of it. And so there was a famous oil tycoon in the 20th century. His name was J. Paul Getty. Some of you may have heard me talk about him before, but there's a huge art museum named in his honor right above the 405 freeway in Los Angeles. And he was an oil tycoon and he was in the oil business. And he had this famous quote that said, if you have to make all the money in a deal, chances are you won't have very many deals. And here, 100 years ago, when J. Paul Getty said this, he had this idea in mind of the non-negotiable. And he recognized that while you can make some money with it, it can also be a very destructive practice in terms of long-term business relationships. And so where we are is thinking about, okay, what do we do about these non-negotiables? Okay, let me give you another example, a very practical example. This is a story that a friend of mine tells, and I, I love this story. And it's a story about him going to buy some furniture with his wife one day. So he goes down to this furniture store, and he walks in, and they're trying to buy a new bedroom suite of furniture. And they've not bought one in a long time. They've never bought a brand new suite of furniture for their bedroom. So this was a big moment for my friend and his wife. So they go into this furniture store. They find this set of furniture that they absolutely love. And so they start talking about price. And it's a pretty expensive set of furniture. I think it's, I don't know, $13,000, $15,000, something along those lines. And so my friend who teaches negotiation and does this kind of work, he starts trying to work a deal. And so he's asking all the right questions. He's exploring what the deal is. And there is nothing coming from the other side. The salesperson says, sir, like the price tag price, that is the price. There is absolutely no discount. And you're going to pay tax on top of that. And you're going to pay shipping on top of that. There is no discounts. That is the price. And so my friend does what you would typically do. All right, well, let me talk to your manager. So he talks to the manager. Manager says, sir, that's the price. Uh, no discounts, no breaks no sale, nothing. That is the price. If you want the furniture, that's what it's going to cost you. So he pushes it to the next layer and he actually gets the owner of the store. And the owner says, nope, no breaks, no discounts. That's the price. So he goes even further in terms of 
trying to see if there's a way that he can buy the furniture cheaper from the manufacturer. And he finds out, nope, can't buy the furniture from the manufacturer. No way to find it for a cheaper price at another retailer. Like that is the price of the furniture. And so finally, my friend and his wife, they decide to splurge on themselves. They're going to buy the furniture. And so they go in that day and they're going to just bite the bullet, buy the furniture and be done with it and splurge on themselves. And so they're sitting in there and they've decided to do it and they're working through the transaction. And here the salesperson pulls out this marker and he starts describing this marker and he says, you see this marker right here? He says, this is the exact finish of the furniture that you are buying. He says, is there a chance that that furniture might get scratched in your home? And my buddy said, well, absolutely there's a chance because we have kids and we're going to have grandkids soon. And as a result of that, uh, someone could scratch it. And he says, well, all you have to do is just take this marker and just color in the scratch. And the moment you do so, it'll look good as new and no one will ever know that the furniture has scratched. So here was the moment where my friend thought that this was going to be the give. This was going to be the little tiny discount. This was going to be the gesture that the furniture company gave him expressing appreciation for their business. But no, it wasn't that moment. The salesman looked across the table and said, okay, sir, I'll be glad to add it to your package. It'll be $17.95. And in that moment, they went ahead, they bought the marker, they walked out of there and they got in their car. My friend looked at his wife and he said, how do you feel? And she said, well, I'm excited about the furniture, but I don't feel great about what just happened. And he said, I don't either. But he said, here's what we're going to do. He says, we're going to make ourselves feel better. He says, I don't want to walk into our bedroom and have us lament the deal every time we see the furniture. He's like, I don't want that to be what goes on at home. He says, we're going to feel good about the furniture and just know that we splurged on ourselves and that was okay. But he said, in order to make us feel better about this deal, let's commit to this. Let's commit that we never buy another piece of furniture from this store. And so he and his wife agreed and they've never been back. So that's the downside of taking this non-negotiable approach to business or to having this as your strategy to negotiation. It can help you get a deal in the moment and it can help you get a really good deal in the moment, but it may end up costing you down the road. So you've got to be careful. All right, now what do we do with non-negotiables? What do we do if we find ourselves in a situation like my friend did to where there is just nothing to negotiate. Well, I think the important thing is to understand that when you have a situation like that, it's important to try to link in other aspects of the deal where there might be flexibility and there might be the ability to negotiate a little bit. And so usually in all deals, there's different things that you can talk about. Even in a straightforward kind of consumer transaction, you can talk about the tax or you could talk about the shipping in this case of the furniture or other things, kind of like my friend explored. And that's a great way. And what you often find is that maybe in the price, because of something that's beyond your control, there isn't any flexibility. But there is flexibility in some of the other parts of the deal. And so that's really, I think, the best way 
to work out of a non-negotiable situation to where you can actually get a deal even if there isn't going to be any negotiation on one particular element. It's non-negotiable. Now, the way to do it, I want to give you the technique as well, is the question if. So if I pay you full price for whatever it is you're buying, or if I agree to what you're demanding and what you're telling me is non-negotiable, will you, and then find something else that you want in the deal or where you're looking for a concession to make the deal happen. Now, if they say no, kind of like my friend's experience at this furniture store, well, then you got to do what he did and decide, do you want to move forward or not? But oftentimes there's going to be other things to where there is more flexibility and you can still construct a really good deal, even though it's been presented to you as non-negotiable. The other thing you can do that I've had work and that I've seen work is you can present a non-negotiable offer of your own. And so in the context of these non-negotiables, we actually engage in a negotiation to where they've presented a non-negotiable offer or demand. You then present a non-negotiable offer of demand and you create that gap. And then the question is, are people going to stick to their non-negotiable offers and demand or are people going to work to try to solve that gap? Now, sometimes, yeah. People stick to it and there's no deal. That's how it is. But I've seen on several occasions where both sides kind of set up as non-negotiable. And then after they do, there's not a negotiation that takes place, but they do find a number somewhere in the middle that they decide to do the deal. And so sometimes you have to really test, is it really non-negotiable? Sometimes the answer is going to be yes, but I think you'll find that many times the answer is actually no. There is one move that can happen in order to get the deal. So that's the world of non-negotiables. It's an interesting tactic out there. Uh, Economically, we've been in a situation to where that's been at play a lot more than usual, but I think we're kind of shifting it back. So uh, use it where it makes sense, but be careful about it because there is a cost to it. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Negotiation Made Simple. We'll hope to see you again soon.